Hey Parkers Church family, uh, welcome back to another week of Ecclesiastes. Great to see you uh, again this morning. Uh, if you've got a Bible or a phone, uh, don't you want to open it up and head towards Ecclesiastes chapter 11. That's where we're going to be this morning. Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 11 uh, starting in verse 7. I'll give you a second to get there. And while you're finding that, I just wanted to take a sneaky little opportunity to wish uh, Dave a happy 30th birthday. It's his 30th birthday today uh, and he's obviously deeply loved by all of us at Parkhurst and he's done a massive effort in putting together these videos for us each week and so just want to encourage you to uh, pray for him today and send him some love to wish him well uh, on his 30th birthday. Dave, we love you. You're a legend. God bless you as you become uh, old. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 11 from verse 7. Let me read for us. Follow along uh, with me. Light is sweet and it is pleasing for the eyes to see the sun. Everyone who lives in South Africa says, Amen. Indeed, if someone lives many years, let him rejoice in them all and let him remember the days of darkness since they will be many. All that comes is futile. Rejoice, young person, while you're young, and let your heart be glad in the days of your youth, and walk in the ways of your heart and in the desire of your eyes. But know that for all of these things, God will bring you to judgment. Remove sorrow from your heart and put away pain from your flesh, because youth and the prime of life are fleeting. So remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Before the days of adversity come and the years approach when you will say, I have no delight in them. Before the sun and the light are darkened and the moon and the stars and the clouds return after the rain. On the day when the guardians of the house tremble and the strong men stoop. The women who grind grain cease because they are few. And the ones who watch through the window see dimly. The doors at the street are shut. While the sound of the mill fades, when one rises at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of song grow faint. Also, they're afraid of heights and dangers uh, on the road. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper loses its spring and the caperberry has no effect. For the mere mortal is headed to his eternal home and mourners will walk around in the street. Before the silver cord is snapped. And the golden bowl is broken and the jar is shattered at the spring and the wheel is broken into the well and the dust returns to the earth as it once was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Absolute futility, says the teacher. Everything is futile. Just that far uh, this morning in God's word. And uh, Father, we pray you would speak to us and teach us and encourage us again in Jesus' name. Before we dive into... This text, I'm sure you've observed because you're a keen uh, cultural observer, that our, our culture just seems obsessed uh, with youth and uh, with youthfulness. Uh, if you just, um, when you're at a checkout, uh, next time you're in the shops, just have a look at the magazines that they've got available. I can't remember the last time I bought a magazine, but you just look at the covers um, and see who they put on the covers of our magazines. You know, we put the young and the beautiful um, on, the, on, on the covers of magazines. We don't put old, you know, decrepit, aging people there. No one's going to want to buy your magazine. 
especially if it's about fitness and body and looks and image and style and fashion and all this stuff. Uh, young is beautiful. And the subtle message is that young and beautiful is better. Uh, is better. I've never uh, been to a salon. I, this is a true story. I've never been there, but I know Claire goes to these things. And, you know, she's often told me about these anti-aging um creams and stuff that you can buy and you see them advertised all over social media and stuff anti-aging products take this drink this put this stuff on you you know to to stop yourself uh, looking older or, or sort of getting older or the, the effects of aging i've never ever heard of any of those products being sold that that accelerate aging you know rapid aging products I and mean, there'd be a very very limited um market for rapid aging tablets is take 10 years off your life and speed things along you know no one wants that everyone wants anti-aging because getting old is seen as as bad and some people want to resist and avoid and and let's go for youth let's let's get rid of the wrinkles and the laughter lines and let's make our skin smooth and suck everything and tuck it in and re-panel beat everything to keep ourselves looking as lovely as possible for as long as possible and we celebrate youthfulness as well in so many other areas. There's all these stories you read in the news of celebrating young entrepreneurs. We celebrate the youngest presidents um, coming through. And the old people, we almost, you know, the culture's like, let's move them to the side a bit. Let's celebrate the young, new, fresh, creative ideas. Yeah, this is a new CEO who's retired at an entrepreneur who's retired at 35, you know, be like that person. He'll write a book and teach you how you can do the same. Learn from the young. Learn from the young. Let's celebrate the young. Every now and then we'll give a nod to, to the older people and we'll have a conference where we'll listen to the elders and tap into some of their wisdom. Uh, uh, but then we move on fairly quickly from that. Our culture prizes and celebrates youthfulness and Solomon speaks a word into uh, our human experience of aging and he's got a word today for us whether you're young or uh, whether you're old. So let's have a look at what he has to say here. I'm going to start with the, uh, the older people and I'll move on to the younger ones and each, each uh, section's got a, a section that deals with rejoicing and remembering. That's his instruction, rejoicing and remembering. So let's have a look first at the older ones. Have a look with me in verse uh, seven. It says the light is sweet and it's pleasing for the eyes uh, to see the sun. Uh, verse eight. Indeed, if someone lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. Someone who lives many years, somebody who's lived many years, let let them rejoice in them all. Uh, you you get um, you get different kinds of old people or older people. Uh, I haven't had a lot to do with old people. Um, I don't have grandparents. I've never met them. Uh, but I spent a few years at a previous church where I'd often have to go to the old age home to preach. And to be honest, that was one of the first times I started to interact with grandparent type age people. And it was a steep learning curve for me. And it was a great gift from God to start to befriend some of them, uh, some of them and to learn from them uh, over those years. But you get different kinds of old people. And I don't want to oversimplify it, but you do get, you do get grumpy old people. And you do get grateful old people. And there's a massive difference between those. And I think some of what Solomon is going after here is pressing the buttons on, 
old people and saying, hey, look down the line and consider how you're aging and consider the end and how it's informing how you live now. Uh, grumpiness comes about when we haven't learned to be grateful for the small things, to be grateful for the small things. If we can find gratitude for the in the in and for the small things, uh, it spills over into the rest of life. And uh, when you look at some old people, you spend time with them, they've learned, the ones who, who live lives of gratitude, they've learned um, to, to, to be grateful for all the small things and this accumulation of these things over their lives. Um, and I, I, I want to encourage you, uh, regardless of the age that you are, whether you're young or old, uh, I would love uh, for us as a church family to be known as a group of people. And as we age, or whatever age you are, that we are marked by gratitude and joy. We don't have to fit this cultural cliche where the older you get, the grumpier you get. You can just be a miserable old so-and-so who no one wants to be around and that's fine because life's tough and life's hard. Some of the most life-giving people I've been around are old people who have embodied gratitude to God for a, a life of blessing and multiple small things that they can be grateful for uh, to God even in the late stages uh, of life. There's reason uh, for old people to be uh, grateful and to express gratitude. If you think of some of them, they've had uh, so many more years um, to do things. And this is why their gratitude, in, gratitude sorry, should increase. They've been different places. They've met different people, had different experiences, got tons of memories, friendships, just life experience. That should fill them with deeper gratitude. Yes, life is tough and it is hard. And as we've been looking all the way through Ecclesiastes, Solomon doesn't shy away from any of that. And, and we'll talk a bit about, about that in the next few verses that we're going to look at here. He's not shying away that life is hard, but life is also wonderful. Life is also a gift and it's also a blessing. And the longer you live, the more of the richness of that you get to experience and enjoy. And it should make older people more grateful. You've just got reservoirs of experiences to draw from, to take your bucket of gratitude and draw up out of those things. And not only that, for those who are believers in Jesus, who've been following him, you've got years and years of, of faithfulness to reflect on and to thank God for. Uh, look in Psalm 71, what it says from verse 17. The psalmist says, God, you have taught me from my youth. And I still proclaim your wondrous works. Even while I'm old and gray, God, do not abandon me. God continuing to show his astounding moment by moment faithfulness, even when we're old and gray or, or old and no hair, whatever it is, I will still proclaim your wondrous works. That's been the pattern of the life of those who follow Jesus. That's what God wants for us is live lives that proclaim the wondrous works of God. Day in and day out, the God has taught us from our youth, verse 17. And when we get old, we remember that God has never and he will never abandon us. The astounding faithfulness of God, even unto old age, is one of the reasons, one of the deep reasons for old people to thank God that he will never turn his face away from you. Life may get hard, your body may fail, but his faithfulness will not fail you. Another reason to rejoice is that you're still useful. Another reason for old people to rejoice and live a life of gratitude is that you're still 
useful. Have a look at Psalm 92 from verse 14. It says, they will still bear fruit. Speaking about old people, they will still bear fruit in old age, healthy and green, to declare the Lord is just. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. That's what they're going to declare. The Lord is my rock. There's no unrighteousness in him. I've seen that. I've tested it. I've come to experience that. But I love that. They will still bear fruit in old age. And if you're old or getting old, I want to encourage you in this. that You're not done if you're not dead. You're not done if you're not dead. And, and it's still the season to be bearing fruit even in old age. And I want to submit to you, if you are older, that you, you sit before the Lord and say, Lord, in this specific season of my life, what fruit are you longing for me to bear? You may not have the strength and the vibrancy and the vitality and the finances and whatever else that you had, maybe in other parts uh, of life, other stages, but you are still, because of the sovereign hand of God, in a fruit-bearing season. And ask God, submit your life to Him and say, God, how and where do you want me to bear fruit for you as I testify that you are my rock and there's no unrighteousness in you? That's the rejoicing part. Then there's the remembering part. Have a look in verse 8. He says, let him remember the days of darkness since they will be many. Remember the days of darkness. This is a solemn reminder um, to people Solomon has for those who are old. So remember that dark days are coming. And, and people interpret this differently, probably two mainstreams. Um, one of them is old age and its, and its struggles. Uh, if you have a look at the beginning of uh, chapter, 12, chapter 12 from verse 1, it says, So remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of adversity come. And the years approach when you will say, I have no delight in them. Now Solomon's not hiding anything from us. He's just putting it out there and saying, look man, there are going to be years coming. Where some of us will say, I have no delight in those years. They are the days of adversity. He says, remember, as you get older and old people, those days are coming. Those days are coming. Old age does have its struggles. But the days of darkness that he refers to can also be death. And again and again, as we've seen uh, all the way through Ecclesiastes, Solomon is saying, God is saying through Solomon, the, the, the thought and the reflection on our own death and our mortality is, is an incredibly helpful exercise because it shapes the way that we live now. It shapes our perspective. It shapes our priorities. It changes our now and our eternity. And so it's good to remember, remember the dark days are coming. This passage moves into an astounding poem that's beautifully written and I want to reread it again here and just remark on some stuff because maybe as I read it earlier uh, you were thinking uh, what on earth does this all what does this all mean why are we looking at this and uh, let's let's go through it again briefly here uh, from verse 2 of chapter 12. Uh, he says before the sun and the light are darkened and the moon and the stars and the clouds return after the rain, you know, the, the, it's rained and then the clouds come back. He says that that's what old age is a bit like. It's like it's not like the storm comes through and it rains and it's gone. Out comes the sun and everything sort of bounces back. But he says, no, some of the struggles of old age feel like that. It's rained and you think, okay, whew, there's a break. And I know the clouds just come back and there's a bit of a heaviness and a darkness. Verse 3, it says, on the day when the guardians of the house tremble. The guardians of the house, the hands, the hands start to shake and the strong men 
stoop. The, the legs, the legs start to, to bend. They're not as strong as they used to be. The women who, who grind grains cease because they are few. Uh, that's talking about our, our teeth. Uh, you know, old, old people start to lose. We start to lose. We start to. You start to. Not just. Not there just yet. Old people start to lose their teeth. Is um, you know less chewing because there's less teeth. I mean, that's what Solomon is saying. Yeah. The ones who watch through the windows see dimly. The eyesight starts to go. Uh, verse four. The doors are shut. Uh, uh, while the sound of the mill fades, can't can't hear again. When one rises at the sound of a bird, old people are often up early. They're light sleepers. They wake up at the, you know, with the birds right in the morning. They battle to get decent sleep and all the daughters of song grow faint. They're also afraid of hearts and the dangers on the road. You know, it's one thing if you're young and you fall, you just shake it off kind of thing. But you know, old people fall. I, I remember hearing that saying for the first time ever, like this old person had a fall. And I was like, what is it? They had a fall. And you realize the more time you spend with old people, that for some people, it can be like the last thing that happens. They, they have a fall and they never bounce back. And that's what Solomon is saying here. Um, there's dangers on the road. The almond tree blossoms. Almond trees go, um, go white. Uh, the hair goes gray if you still have it. The grasshopper loses its spring. We could keep going. And the, the rest of this poem has these images of the silver cord is snapped and the golden bowls broken, the jar is shattered at the spring. It's sort of like all these images of like life comes to an end. In verse 7 it says, The dust returns to the earth as it once was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. That's what's happening. It's closer for most old people, but it's the end of all of us is the certainty of death. And it's actually quite a beautiful uh, poem, but it does draw out some of the challenges and the struggles of aging and of what it means and what it looks like to get old. And Solomon is saying, before those days come, remember the Lord and remember those days are coming when your body's going to frustrate you, when you're going to have dark days and you're going to say like, ah, you're going to not enjoy life that much. That time is coming. God will not abandon you. So live now, empty yourself, spend your life now because there's going to come a season when you're not going to have the freedom and the health and the vibrancy to do uh, then what you're able uh, to do now. Think what's coming and change the now in the light of that. And just because you know that we're going to die and that our health may fail and all of that, we don't live dreading the future. We don't live thinking, oh, I can't wait. Our old age is going to be the worst season of my life. We, we don't, that's not the encouragement of the reminder. The encouragement of the reminder is not that we dread the future. It's that we embrace the present. Not that we dread the future. It's that we embrace the present. And we live now wholeheartedly because these are the days God has given us. This is the strength we have now. So let's spend it for him. The message to the younger ones. Solomon says also, rejoice and remember. Have a look in verse 9. Rejoice, young person, while you're young. And let your heart be glad in the days of your youth and walk in the ways of your heart and in the desire of your eyes. But know that for all of these things, God will bring you to judgment. What's his uh, encouragement, his rejoicing tone to the younger ones? He says, well, let your heart be glad. Walk in the ways of your heart and the desire of your eyes. Just live. Young people have got a vibrancy. I, I sound like I'm old here, you know, but so now I'm, I'm like this perfectly middle-aged thing. If I hung around with young people, they would say, look, look, like, you're not young. Don't kid yourself. You're old. And if I hang around with old people, they say, look, look, 
take a seat there. You're not that old. You know, I'm perfectly, I'm middle-aged. It's so sad. I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm due for a crisis any minute now. Uh, I'm middle-aged. Uh, and, and yet, we've spent a lot of time with young people. I still feel young. But younger people, there's something about being young, isn't there? Some of you, you're still young. Some of you have to really wind the clock back in your mind to when you were young and carefree and you just did stuff. You didn't think twice about everything, calculate the risk of every decision. There was a recklessness, an adventure, an optimism. And Solomon is saying, when you're young, just live, go for it. God has put strength and energy and vitality in you when you're young for a specific purpose and for a reason. So live, because you're not always going to be like that. As somebody famous said, youth is wasted on the young. And I don't know if that's entirely, that's probably a little bit unfair. But I don't think it's completely unfair. <clears throat> you mean a lot of young people who just want to become experts at playing video games. And I'm not knocking video games, but that's a low ambition to use the vitality of youth um, and spend it on that. Uh, and I want to encourage you, if you're young and you're listening to this, to you, to lay your life before the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with the best years of my strength? You may not have the wisdom yet that the old people have. You may not have the finances yet. You may not have the life experiences, but you have vitality and adventure and time and opportunity. And you're not too jaded yet. And I want to encourage you to live for God and lay your life down now for God and for the purposes of God. And surrender to Him all of your dreams and opportunities and see what He will do. And Simon just says, live, live, live. But listen, there's a warning as well. He says, while you're living, don't forget that God will judge how you have lived everything that you've done. He says, just follow your heart, your eyes, just live your life. Uh, but make sure that what you're following in your heart and the desires of your eyes and stuff is, is something that honors God. It honors God because one day it's going to come before God and he's going to judge what you did. Even while you're young, youth is not an excuse. It's not, it's not a card that you get to play a free pass when you get to heaven and say, well, I was young and stupid. It's like, no, well, you were, maybe, but that was wrong. And, and so it's always good and wise for us to encourage young people to say, get your head into the word so you can sense the heart of God and follow his command and connect yourself with all the wiser people who can show you the paths and instruct you in God's ways and live with abandon before him there because everything we do will come before him one day for judgment but he says rejoice in your youth if you're young and you're listening to this thank god that you're young and that you're healthy and that you're strong if you are and don't waste your youth don't waste what you have now rather surrender it to god for his purposes and go flat out now before all the stuff your body starts to fail you and all of those things that we looked at then he says remember Remember, have a look at the, the, um, chapter 12, verse 1. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Remember your creator in the days of youth. What does it mean? Well, it, it means that we acknowledge that we are created. We remember our creator. There's an acknowledgement of relationship there. And it has levels of depth there. But we start there. Say, so I need to remember my creator while I'm young. Just remembering the creator establishes that there is a creator. And I am a creation. Then it leads me to another question. Like, why was I created? Why was it, If I'm remembering the creator and I'm starting to think about this relationship, I'm starting to ask the question, why on earth was I created? And you start to ask the questions of meaning and purpose and why you're here. And that drives you to Jesus. Because Jesus is the answer 
to why we were here. So we would know through Jesus, we would come into relationship with God and know the Father and be able to discern through the Holy Spirit God's plan for our lives and be partners with him in, in, in building the kingdom of earth, I mean, the kingdom of heaven uh, on earth, partnering with God in his plans. This is what it means in some ways to remember your creator in the days of your youth. It's an ongoing remembrance. It's not just like a, you go in a camp, it's like, okay, I'm remembering my creator. It's like the daily, I think that's what Solomon is reminding and God is wanting to impress on young people. A daily remembering of God. A daily remembering as we train our hearts and our minds to be thinking about God. It starts to shape the paths of our lives to walk in the ways of God. Not to just be like wild young people who are just doing whatever. No, 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 no. We, we're remembering our Creator in the days of our youth and we're walking on the paths of God so that we walk in obedience before Him and we honor Him with our lives. And He uses our lives uh, for His glory. A mind and a heart shaped and set on Him with this ongoing remembrance. And it centers around Jesus and because you come to know the Father through a relationship with Jesus Christ and if you haven't done that yet I want to encourage you to explore that and examine that because it's the most important decision that you ever make and it will answer the reasons of why you're here, why you were created, what on earth you're doing uh, on the earth. Let me close for us in prayer uh, as uh, I wrap this up uh, for us as we both rejoice and remember both young and old. Uh, this morning. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the truth of your word, how it um, teaches us and speaks to us uh, week by week. And I want to pray this morning for both old and young uh, who are listening to this. And I pray for uh, those who are in the older uh, category. Uh, I pray for a new vibrancy, uh, an outpouring of the Spirit uh, on them to give them new hope a new life, new power, new desire to bear fruit even into old age. And that for many of them, the years that lie ahead would be greater in terms of bearing fruit for you than the years that have gone past. That you would use their wisdom, use their life experience, uh, but use their availability as they lay their lives again before you. Pour out your spirit and bear fruit in them and through them who ask. And, and for the young people listening, that uh, they would remember you their creator now in these days and orientate heart and life and and priorities and everything to love you and to serve you and to to walk in the in, in your path to walk in your ways to live lives that that point others to you that are laid before you in sacrifice and you do what you want uh, with those lives thank you for uh, the gift of being able to rejoice in in life and in youthfulness and in the gift of experience and of faithfulness year after year. And thank you for the precious discipline of remembering and how that shapes our souls. And we want to both rejoice and remember, particularly this morning, that you are good, that you are our God, that Jesus, you are with us, Spirit, you are in us, and Father, you are faithful to us. Thank you, Father. We worship you again this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.